Dengue outbreak declared in TCI. A boat accident in the Bahamas results in one fatality. France issues arrest warrant for Syrian president. The latest in sports and the weather forecast. Stay tuned. It's Thursday, November 16th, 2023. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's take a look at the news today. The Ministry of Health and Human Services has been monitoring the dengue situation in the region of the Americas closely due to multiple countries declaring dengue outbreaks, including countries in the Caribbean. The DCI received confirmation of its first dengue case on the 17th of October. Since this time, through raised awareness with the general public and healthcare providers, testing has increased with 13 confirmed cases of dengue being identified to date, with a further 74 suspected cases. Confirmed cases are those that have undergone PCR testing at CARFA, the Caribbean Public Health Agency, whereas suspected cases have been identified through rapid tests. These recent increases signal the start of a dengue outbreak in the TCI. The confirmed cases are distributed across the islands as follows. Providenciales, 12 confirmed. Grand Turk, 1 confirmed. There are four dengue virus types. Two types of dengue virus have since been identified in the TCI, type 2 and type 3. Eight of the confirmed cases are type 3, which can result in a more severe form of the disease, while type 2 has been identified in one confirmed case. The other cases did not meet the criteria for typing. The Minister of Health and Human Services, the Honorable Sean Malcolm, stated, quote, In response to the dengue cases, the Ministry of Health and Human Services, through the Vector Control Unit, of the Environmental Health Department has ramped up vector control activities throughout the islands, including treatment of swamps, large bodies of standing water, premises inspections, and fogging. Through collaboration with the Deputy Governor, approval for additional vector control officers has been granted and that the onboarding of these individuals has been prioritized." End quote. Educational materials are being published to educate the general public on activities that can be undertaken by individuals to reduce mosquito breeding sites on their properties and in their communities, as well as reduce the risk of mosquito bites. Dengue is a viral illness that spreads to people through the bite of an infected 80 species mosquito. These mosquitoes also spread Zika, Chikungunya, and other viruses. The Aedes aegypti mosquito is present in the Turks and Caicos Islands and is capable of spreading these diseases. The Aedes aegypti prefers to lay their eggs in artificial containers that contain water, mainly drums, barrels, and tires, in and around homes, schools, and workplaces. It is essential that the general public remains vigilant for this disease as well as play their role in destroying potential mosquito breeding sites 
within homes, yards, and communities. Symptoms of dengue typically last two to seven days. Most people will recover after about a week. There is no specific treatment for dengue. If you suspect that you or your loved one has dengue, please see your health care provider so you can be tested and receive the necessary advice. Avoid taking non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs such as ibuprofen and aspirin. The Ministry of Health and Human Services continues to offer testing for dengue at no cost through the National Public Health Laboratory in partnership with the Caribbean Public Health Agency, as well as conducting vector control activities throughout the islands. Now on Saturday, our Shevening scholars, Dr. Raven Saunders and Tamika Grant, were formally welcomed to the United Kingdom by the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office. The orientation event was held in London and brought together 1,364 scholars from 140 countries. This gathering represented a diverse and global community of scholars who came together to pursue knowledge and make a positive impact in their respective fields. The orientation served as a platform for networking, sharing experiences, and fostering collaboration amongst these exceptional individuals. They were also invited to attend the JMC reception, where they had the opportunity to meet David Rutley, Minister for the Overseas Territories, and the Honorable Premier of the Turks and Caicos Islands. We'll now go over to our Premier for his daily JMC Journal news segment from the United Kingdom. Welcome to Day 4 of the JMC Journal, where our Honorable Premier and his delegation represents the Turks and Caicos Islands at the 2023 Joint Ministerial Conference and other engagements in the United Kingdom. Honorable Premier, can you share with us how the JMC meetings went yesterday? Well, yesterday the major topic was PABO, that is the Public Accessible Register of Beneficial Ownership issue. Uh, as some would remember, there was a commitment to have a final position by the end of the year. We were unable to come to a unilateral or, sorry, a consensus yesterday on that, and the issue and negotiations uh, continues. Um, as it relates to the um, joint um, declaration that has been agreed and will be discussed in ter overseas territories, uh, cabinets with a view of having it signed off by all of the OTs by the end of um, November. Premier, in addition to attending the JMC meetings, you also appeared before two constitutional parliamentary committees the Public Affairs and Constitutional Orders Committee, and the Foreign Affairs Select Committee. How did these meetings go for you, and what does this mean for the Turks and Caicos Islands? Well, I think there is a significant uh, announcement as it relates to the Public Affairs Committee yesterday, and that is the is now a specific subcommittee that focused entirely and solely on the overseas territory issues. So we will have our own uh, subcommittee that will deal with OT issues. As it relates to the um, public administration committee, we, they are keen for OTs to have um, access 
and also they came to be able to monitor the relationship uh, uh, between the OTs and the UK government holding OTs government but also the UK responsible for the relationship and even at the level of governance. So I think uh, overall the engagement with these uh, committees have been very, very positive. Um, we were able to raise issues that are unique to each of the various different territories. Uh, and each one of these meetings lasted for about somewhere between an hour and a half and two hours. As you concluded your meetings in the United Kingdom, you also had a special engagement last evening. Would you share with us what that was about? Well, uh, yesterday evening, OT leaders and heads of delegation were invited to the palace to join the king in celebration of his 75th birthday. We had a reception, a very small reception with only OTs, and we got to engage with the king. He was in great form. Uh, he looked um, really great and uh, was very engaging. He went around the room and spoke to each, each leader or each delegation that was there and was very keen to know what the current situations are in the OTs and he seemed to have uh, detailed knowledge about what is happening in the OTs including the East Turks and Caicos Islands. So it was a great event. Premier, you also had another engagement that you attended. Could you kindly give us insight about that as well? And with the speaker, speaker's dinner last night uh, after the reception at the palace with a OT delegation heads uh, and leaders and UK, uh, some UK politicians, uh, the SEDO minister was there, the minister from uh, the Justice Department was there, uh, and so yes, we ended up having a very cordial and um, uh, meeting with discussion around the dinner table with uh, both the speaker who has uh, serious commitment to the OTs uh, and to be able to engage again at a social level with OT delegations and with UK politicians. The great event finished off around 10 o'clock last night when it, when it was all over. Thank you so much, Honorable Premier, for your remarks. And that concludes day four of the JMC Journal newscast. Tune in daily at 1.30 p.m. on Radio Turks and Caicos to hear more updates during his official visit on the JMC Journal's newscast. Thank you so much. The Felix Morley Community Center, now under the management of the TCI Sports Commission, was built years ago to provide a safe space with enriching activities to the Five Keys community. On Thursday, October 26, the Felix Morley Community Center program's launch was held, where the new operations of the community center and the slate of programs and activities that will be available were revealed. Programs offered at the center, dance, basketball, karate, rugby, youth yoga, and boxing. According to the director of sports, Jared Forbes, quote, we made a commitment to the minister, Honorable Rachel Taylor, to bring to life her vision for the center. The greatest assurance of a wholesome environment for our youth is for the community, as a village, to preserve what we have here today. 
The Sports Commission will be counting on the community of Five Keys to help the Felix Morley Community Center grow from strength to strength, end quote. These programs are just the beginning as the program's team is formalizing plans and agreements with additional instructors who are willing to commit their time and expertise to the empowering of communities. As the center continues to develop, activities for the elderly will come on stream, ranging from modified fitness programs to social games. Over the coming 9 to 12 months, plans are on the way to repair the gazebos along the beach install a multi-sport artificial field, install a shaded kids' playground, and develop a full courtyard. The Sports Commission is also pleased to partner with the Department of Youth, which will be delivering a slate of youth development programs through its computer lab, such as computer classes, literacy and numeracy, Toastmasters, and grooming sessions. Her Excellency the Deputy Governor Anya Williams in giving remarks at the event shared, quote, A lot of people ask why five keys, especially at a time right now when they know this community has had its share of challenges, particularly in terms of crime. But I say, why not five keys? I believe that it is important for us to not run away from problems, but to go directly to them and try to develop solutions as to how we work to address them. I believe one of the best ways to address some of the challenges we are facing today with youth is to provide other opportunities and avenues for them to utilize their talents and skills and look at other programs. This is a great opportunity, not just for this constituency, but for the entire Turks and Caicos Islands, end quote. Honorable Rachel Taylor, Member of Parliament for ED95 Keys and the Minister for Education, Youth Sports and Social Services, shared, quote, Today marks yet another milestone and testament to the widespread commitment to nurturing the potential of our young people. The intentionality of this center is to address the concerns that we have. We believe if our young people tap into the opportunities now, we won't have these challenges when they become adults. So, parents, the consistency of the programs depends on you. As much as we want to build out the programs, if we don't have the children here, we wouldn't be able to offer such programs. End quote. That was Local News Regional is up next. A serene vacation in the tropical paradise of the Bahamas took a tragic turn on Tuesday when a female tourist from the United States lost her life following a boating accident near Blue Lagoon Island. She has been identified as a 75-year-old cruise passenger hailing from the state of Colorado, who was on a voyage to explore the captivating Caribbean destination. Reports are that the startling incident at sea was captured by another passenger who onboarded the ferry and shared the harrowing experience on social media. Her compelling first-hand account of the ordeal sent shockwaves through social media, shedding light on the terrifying experience. In a chilling video uploaded by the passenger, panic and chaos unfold as she exclaims, Our boat is sinking! Everybody is freaking out. 
The footage captures the heart-wrenching cries of distressed passengers and their desperate scramble for safety, as some are compelled to jump in the water. According to local law enforcement, the incident happened at approximately 9.30 a.m. when the pleasure craft departed from the ferry dock carrying over 100 passengers on its journey to Blue Lagoon. Rough seas which materialized half an hour into the voyage wrought havoc on the vessel. The boat began taking on water, ultimately succumbing to the relentless forces of nature, submerging just outside the tranquil shores of Blue Lagoon Island. The repercussions of this fateful incident were profound, resulting in the tragic loss of a 75-year-old American woman. Reports indicate that she was embarking on a five-day family cruise vacation with the Bahamas slated as their second stop on the itinerary. Action was taken by emergency response teams from the island who located and brought passengers and five staff members to safety. Two of the passengers required additional medical care and were promptly transported to a hospital. Reports are that all on board were accounted for and that passengers on board were all cruise ship guests. Now, the leader of a Haitian gang that allegedly kidnapped 16 U.S. citizens and killed one in another incident has been put on the FBI's 10 most wanted fugitives list, the agency announced on Wednesday. Vital Home Innocent was indicted for allegedly leading a gang that helped in the 2021 armed hostage taking of 16 Christian missionaries serving near Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Most were held captive for 61 days before escaping. The group included five children, one as young as eight months old at the time of the kidnapping. Innocent was allegedly the leader of the Crase Barrier gang, and the FBI is offering a $2 million reward for any information leading to his capture. In another indictment unsealed in October 2023, Innocent is alleged to have participated in a second hostage-taking incident in which one United States citizen was killed. Haitian gang leader Vitelhom Innocent is the 532nd fugitive added to the FBI's 10 most wanted list for his alleged involvement in the kidnapping and killing of U.S. citizens in Haiti. Innocent is believed to be in Haiti but has other ties to other Caribbean countries. This according to the FBI. That was a look around the region. World News is up next. French judicial authorities issued international arrest warrants for Syrian President Bashar Assad, his brother and two army generals for alleged complicity in war crimes and crimes against humanity, lawyers for Syrian victims said on Wednesday. They include a 2013 chemical attack on rebel-held Damascus suburbs. A victim of the attack welcomed the move as a reminder of the horrors of Syria's civil war and urged countries where Assad might travel to arrest him, 
While he is unlikely to face trial in France, international warrants for a serving world leader are very rare and send a strong message about Assad's leadership at a time when some countries have welcomed him back into the diplomatic fold. In addition to President Assad, the arrest warrants were issued for his brother, Maher Assad, the commander of the 4th Armored Division, and two Syrian army generals, Ghassan Abbas and Bassam al-Hassan. There was no immediate comment from the Syrian government on the warrants. The Paris prosecutor's office has not publicly commented on the arrest warrants, which remain secret under French law while an investigation is ongoing. And a passenger bus slid off a Himalayan highway, killing at least 39 people and injuring 17 others after rolling down a steep slope onto another road in Indian-controlled Kashmir on Wednesday. The 42-seater bus was on the way to southern Jammu city from Kishtwar town when it veered off the road and fell down about 660 feet on an older road in the mountainous region. Residents and authorities rushed to the scene and a rescue operation was launched. The injured were taken to nearby health facilities, while some in critical condition were transported to a hospital in Jammu City. The exact cause of the crash was not immediately known, but police officer Sunil Gupta said the bus was overcrowded and speeding. He said a formal investigation has been ordered. India has some of the highest road death rates in the world, with hundreds of thousands of people killed and injured annually. Most crashes are blamed on reckless driving, poorly maintained roads, and aging vehicles. And a 747 cargo plane heading to Belgium from New York was forced to return to John F. Kennedy International Airport after a horse escaped from its stall, this according to the air traffic control audio. According to the audio clip, which was obtained by You Can See ATC via Live ATC, the horse got loose within 30 minutes of takeoff. The Boeing 747 was barely at 31,000 feet when a pilot told air traffic control that a horse had escaped from its stall and they needed to return to JFK. In the air traffic control audio, a pilot is heard saying, We are a cargo plane with a live animal, a horse, on board. The horse managed to escape its stall. There's no issue with flying, but we need to get back to New York as we can't re-secure the horse. The flight was forced to make a U-turn off the coast of Boston and dump about 20 tons of fuel over the Atlantic, just 10 miles west of Martha's Vineyard, due to the flight's weight. Amid the fuel dump, the pilot requested a veterinarian to be present at JFK when the plane arrived. Once landed, when ATC asked if the flight required assistance, on the ground negative, on the ramp yes, we have a horse problem. It remains unclear how the horse managed to escape, but it remained unrestrained until the plane landed back at JFK. That was World News Sports is up next.
Arizona Diamondbacks outfielder Corbin Carroll has made history, becoming the first Asian American to win a Rookie of the Year award in Major League Baseball history. Carroll, who is 23 years old, won the National League Award Monday in a unanimous vote by the Baseball Writers Association of America. He joins 13 others who've won the National League distinction by unanimous vote. Baltimore Orioles infielder Gunnar Henderson took home the award in the American League also unanimously. Carroll, who had 25 homers and 54 stolen bases, also paid tribute to another former Rookie of the Year and outfielder of Asian descent, former Seattle Mariners star Ichiro Suzuki. Carroll, whose mother, Palin Carroll, was born in Taiwan and whose father, Brant Carroll, grew up in Seattle, has been open about his mixed-race identity and Taiwanese roots. And the NBA has suspended the Warriors' Draymond Green for five games without pay after he jumped into the fray Tuesday night and put the Timberwolves' Rudy Gobert in a chokehold, dragging him away from trying to break up an altercation between Klay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels. The altercation took place less than two minutes into the in-season tournament game when Klay Thompson grabbed Jaden McDaniels' jersey as part of a box-out which led to McDaniels pulling on Thompson's jersey as they ran up the court, which progressed into a little scuffle. Gobert came in and grabbed Thompson, trying to break things up. Green rushed in and put Gobert in a WWE sleeper hold and dragged him away. The NBA said in a statement Green was suspended for escalating an on-court altercation and forcibly grabbing Minnesota Timberwolves center Rudy Gobert around the neck in an unsportsmanlike and dangerous manner. This was Green's 19th ejection of his NBA career. Going five games without pay will cost Draymond Green $769,704. That was a look at sports. The weather forecast is up next. For the North Atlantic, Caribbean Sea, and the Gulf of Mexico, a broad area of low pressure over the southwestern Caribbean Sea continues to produce a large area of disorganized showers and thunderstorms. Environmental conditions appear marginally conducive for development of this system over the next day or two, and a tropical depression could form by this weekend as the system moves northeastward across the western and central part of the Caribbean Sea. An Air Force Reserve reconnaissance aircraft is scheduled to investigate the system later today. Regardless of development, this system is expected to produce heavy rains that could result in flash flooding and mudslides over portions of the Caribbean coast of Central America and the Greater Antilles through this weekend. Interests in Jamaica, Cuba, Haiti, the Dominican Republic, the southeastern Bahamas, and the Turks and Caicos Islands should continue to monitor the progress of this system. Over to local weather conditions, shower spots expected, otherwise intervals of clouds and sunshine with a slight breeze, highs of 86 degrees with a rill of 90, lows of 80 degrees, and winds are from the east-southeast at 18 miles per hour. That wraps up the weather forecast.
Recapping the news, dengue outbreak declared in TZI. A boat accident in the Bahamas results in one fatality. France issues arrest warrant for Syrian president. Once again, thank you all so much for tuning in. If you missed today's presentation or any other, you can always visit our website at www.rtc89fm.com or download the RTC app in the Google Play Store. Enjoy your evening. Stay safe. Thanks again for tuning in. Our afternoon news major is brought to you by CG Insurance. Good like that. Call them on 649-941-3195.